You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. All right. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Man Podcast. Adam Tarno here, joined by Chris Harper. Chris, uh, how are we doing today? You doing good? Brother, doing great. It's a, it's a wonderful day. King Jesus is on the throne. Amen. And we're living, bro. All right. And what people don't know is, tell them about your hat. All right, because that, that's important for the podcast audience to know, because it looks good on you, number one. I'm looking at it. They can't see it. It's pretty cool. Talk about your hats real quick. Thank you, brother. It's the, uh, it's the LBJ Open Road. Stetson designed that for President Lyndon B. Johnson, and they just kept it rolling um, after he it. was done. And it goes everywhere with me. Uh, if you go on the Better Man website, I'm the only one <laughs> wearing a hat on the staff so picture. So, uh yeah, man, it's. Good. I love it that you've got it as part of the personal brand, and that like, how cool is that to have a hat that has a name like that too? Right, the, the open, open road, road that's it, the man. Stetson LBJ. I can't be caged, bro. I got to fly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. All right. Well, um, here we go. So last one of the last episodes, we talked about just the three roles that a father plays and a man plays in his home. We talked about the prophet. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the chief priest, and then we're going to do another one here on uh, on king. So prophet, priest, and king. You want to set up the context for that real quick before we jump into what it means to be chief priest and just how we saw Jesus with these three offices and the man? Uh, what, what else would you say there with that, just to set it up? Yeah, that's so good. So remember, Jesus uh, reflects the character and the pr- principles of God to us, and then we, in turn, reflect the character and principles of Jesus to our homes. So that threefold office he holds, prophet, priest, king, we are going to be that, or at least image that, for our children, our spouses, and those in our home. That's good. Okay, so if you want to hear all about what it means for the man and the father to be the prophet, you can go back and listen to that episode. And today we're going to talk about chief priest. Not going to lie, bro, uh, some things pop in my mind when I think about <laughs> the chief priest. I'm like, all right, are we talking robes? Uh, are we talking the swinging incense? You know, I go back to my my days uh, growing up in Catholic church and what a priest looked like there. Some of the pictures I've seen of the Old Testament priests and the linens and all this kind of stuff. I don't think that's what you mean, right? Like, this isn't costume day, uh, what it means to be chief priest of the home, right? No, that's right. No no robes, no fattened calves. We are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going we're gonna to stray away from that. Um, such a good question, though, man. When we talk about priest, remember, the prophet spoke on behalf of God to the people. So when we think about chief priest or the priest of your home, you're going to speak to God about those in your home. So you're speaking on behalf of, of your spouse, your children, those in your home to God. That's what that's what the role of priest was um, in the Bible, yeah. uh, especially in the Old Testament, when we look at the priest offering sacrifices and incense and yeah, things yeah, of yeah. that nature yeah. to God. He was always doing that on behalf of the people. That's so good. I've never, I've never made that connection before. I mean, I knew obviously uh, in reading the Old Testament and hearing about that. Obviously, did that, but but thinking about that role as what a father does. I mean, that that's pretty clear. So, are we talking to God about our family or on behalf of our family? And we see this. Man, this, there's a great picture of this in Job, right at the beginning of the book of Job. You see Job getting up every morning. Job is not necessarily aware of what his children did or didn't do the night before. 
So you just see Job getting up and praying to God, and and basically, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically saying, hey, listen, I'm not 100% sure what they did, yeah. whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent, but I'm just offering up these praises to you on behalf of them. I'm offering up forgiveness you know, on behalf of them. Like He was going to God on behalf of his family, and, and, and the Bible says he did that every day. That's so good. And so obviously one of the easy ways to apply this is just ask ourselves, so are you praying for your family? Right. That's one way. Is that like, is that how this is playing out in your life? Is in when you're trying to play this role in your family, is it primarily through prayer for you? Or are there other ways where you feel like you're trying to do this? Yeah. So good. So prayer is a big piece of it. Not, not just praying with your family, but praying on behalf of your family, you know? So that's huge. But I think another big part of this is, um, leading in liturgy, Hmm. leading in worship, you know, everything we do is liturgical. And when I when I say liturgical, this is some James K. A. Smith philosophical stuff here. But there are liturgies all around us, especially here in America, right? Yeah. Things that we make into a ritual. Right? Okay. So the biggest one typically is youth sports. Yeah. You'll see that a lot in homes. Um, James K. A. Smith talks about the liturgy of the shopping mall and consumerism. Even malls are built like cathedrals and built like churches, right? So there's these different competing liturgies in our homes and and competing for the desires of our of our spouses and children. So when we think liturgically, when we think worship, what are we leading our children to and where are we leading them to in that, right? That's huge. Yeah, where I thought you were going to go with that that we've got liturgies here in the culture was going to be literally the saying of phrases. So Pledge of Allegiance, Absolutely. or uh, God Bless America at a, uh, or the National Anthem, or things like that. Yep. You went a little deeper there, though, uh, that these are, these are some of these, uh, is it fair to say like some of these other things that we might worship, that we're leading them in, in that, in that direction? Absolutely. I mean, it can get into idolatry if it goes unchecked, and it's, it's, it's crazy. You just, you, you name those two things, the, the Pledge of Allegiance, um, things of that nature. James K. Smith says the number one liturgy in the West is nationalism. You know, it's country over God, yeah, not yeah. country and God or country beneath God. And that's a real thing. It's a real thing that's out there, yeah. right? So um, as a dad, as a husband, as a man, my people are going to follow me. So the question I need to be asking myself, where, what paths am I leading them down, right? So I can't, I can't miss church every Sunday for travel soccer, and then be disappointed when my child goes to college and doesn't go to church, right? Because what 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 liturgy was I was I instilling, right? And that and that's not to say, listen, that's not to say you can't miss a Sunday and go to travel soccer, or you're a terrible Christian if you do that. But I'm talking about habitual practices over long periods of time. We need to be conscious of that. Listen, that is hard, uh, not just with the youth sports. Let's get out of that. Let's use the other example, like with some of the consumerism. I mean, obviously here in America, such a materialistic, consumer-driven culture. So uh, what are some ways you're trying to add a new liturgy or not make sure that the the, the hearts of your family are going down that path, uh, just even, even with that one aspect there with consumerism? Absolutely. So one of the things we practice around our house is not holding on to things too tightly. This is going to sound terrible. I, I promise I am not a horrible father. <laughs> well, yeah, we it I'm so intrigued now to know what is going to come out of your mouth next. But, but like every, every quarter, 
like think business quarter yeah, Q1, yeah, yeah. Q2, we, we make our children cycle out toys. Yeah, so they'll cycle out toys. Like to, just hide them in the closets and then bring no, them out in Q4 or like sell them? No. So, or get rid of them? Get rid of them. Okay. Like like the majority we give away. Some we hide in the closet and bring out to, to Q4. Yeah. Yeah, we cycle them out, man. And uh, just teach them not to hold on to things too loosely. I took I took my son to Target recently. Uh, he had he had a great week. I said, "Hey, man, we're gonna go to Target. You're gonna you're gonna pick out a toy. I'm gonna let you pick out a toy." Yeah. So I take him to the toy section and I said, "Hey, nothing above this shelf and nothing below this shelf, right here in the middle." And um, he he finds two that he likes, and he can't decide between the two. Okay, now he's eight years old. Yeah, that's okay. hard. It's it's I mean it's terrible. This, <laughs> like, that's this the is... most stressful thing <laughs> the he's faced in a long time. I mean, there's a war in Ukraine that's right, right now, but we're hey these Beyblades. This is serious. This is serious <laughs> right? decision to make. Yeah. So he has an emotional breakdown in Target. No. So I tell him, I, I gently take him by the hand. I said, "Son, you you have to put the two toys back." Yeah. I said because we don't let stuff dictate our emotions. So I said, "I need you to say that." So in the toy aisle, he says, Daddy, we don't let stuff dictate our emotions. And as I'm walking him through Target, I'm having him repeat it. Hmm. And I'm having him say it louder and louder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So by the time we get to the checkout, he's literally screaming, Daddy, we don't let stuff dictate our emotions. And, and everyone is looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, and my, my head's high, man. I'm, I'm proud, and I'm walking straight out of Target, no toy in check. So... Um, it's just little opportunities like that. Um, hey, I'm trying it. to loosen the grip of stuff on their lives. You know, um, my wife and I try to be generous, and we're not ashamed to practice our generosity in front of our children. Yeah, yeah. Because it, how else are they going to learn? Absolutely. Right? If it's all, I mean, and I get it. Right hand, left hand. You know, do it in secret, and it's not it, with our kids. It's a discipleship thing, not a brag thing, right? Unbelievable. And so it's so yeah, helpful. So good, Adam. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Okay, so we're praying on behalf and talking to God on behalf, pleading on behalf. Now, listen, this happens a lot if we think our kids are wandering, right? If they're making some bad choices, there are moms and dads out there and fathers that are pleading uh, with the Lord on behalf of their kids, really that that priestly activity there. I like this idea of leading in the liturgy as well uh, and finding some of those. So what, what else? Is there anything else on this that... You feel like, all right, here's, here's some ways I'm trying to live out being the chief priest of the home. Absolutely. So you said a great word, Adam. You said um, teaching. We're teaching mm, our kids. That's good. So I want you to think about um, the story of Abraham and Isaac. So most people, if, you're, if you've been in church any amount of time, you're familiar with the story. Abraham is going to, to sacrifice his son. God, God calls him to do that, right? We can read that and sometimes miss some, some deep stuff. So um, Abraham uh, gets some donkeys, he gets some wood, he gets a son, he gets some servants, and he says, okay, let's go to the mount to do this. Um, Isaac has no idea what's happening, right? So um, Abraham tells Isaac, hey, we're going to worship God. Well, they get to the point where the servants have to stay back, and he looks at Isaac, and he says, hey, grab the wood. We're going to go on the mount, and we're going to worship God. And I love what Isaac says. Isaac says, Dad, I see the wood for the fire, but where's the offering? Now, what Isaac didn't realize was he was the offering. But what struck me when I read that was Isaac knew the ingredients and what it took to worship God. How did he know that? It's because his father had taught him. He had seen his dad worshiping God. 
You know, and I was so convicted by that because, you know, if you were to ask my kids right now, what are the ingredients today to rightly and properly worship the Lord? Man, I hope they can say um, X, Y, and Z because I've seen my dad do it. Right, my daughter knows how to make no bake cookies like a champ. Yeah, because her mother has showed her the ingredients. Yeah, right, and she can knock it out now, man. Well, I want so, some now. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> you need to bring some next time we record. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so just just as dads and husbands, man, I I get it. I get the weight of that. But I would just ask you to kind of do that self check, man. Ask yourself today as you listen, man. If I brought my kids in and said, okay, um, we're going to worship the Lord, what does it take? Man, would they say so things? Yeah. Would they say things like, "Man, where's the word of God?" Like, let's lift our voices to the praise of God. Let's let's join hands in prayer. Would they talk about the sacraments of baptism and communion? I mean, would they have all those pieces that it takes, you know, to come together and, and rightly serve and honor God? Um, that's on us to pass that down. Amen. I like that. What a great question. Like that that can be a dinner time conversation right there. Absolutely. So hey y'all, here's just a let's just talk about this. What does it take to worship the Lord? That's right. And just see see what the answers are. I mean, you're you're in some ways you're asking for feedback right there without saying, uh, what have I modeled or do you think I help you guys? You know, that that's just an open ended this is a little quiz. It, let's it's just so, see how it goes. It's so good. And, and and let me tell you how bad I am at this. My wife goes to Bible study on Thursday nights. Uh huh. So Last Wednesday, we're, we're in my kitchen, and my uh, 10-year-old, soon-to-be 11-year-old daughter's there, and she looks at her mom and says, uh, what are we doing tomorrow night? And her mom says, oh, I'm going to Bible study. You'll be with your dad tomorrow night. And my daughter goes, yes, movie night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you're meddling now, friend. <laughs> it, hey, it crushed me, bro. Oh, movie night. And, and I, I just sat there, and I thought in my mind, they associate me being home with movie night. So, of course, I'm like, we're never watching a movie. <laughs> we're playing outside tomorrow night. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But but it, it just reminded me, um, I can consciously and sometimes unconsciously create these liturgies in my mm. home and lead my kids down certain paths and not even be aware of it, man. So we just got to check it. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's another one. Let me ask you about this. We're serving plays in. Uh, do you see that fitting in this area? Because I know, um, I mean, you and I recorded a few episodes even earlier this week, and we were chit-chatting afterwards, and you said on Monday nights, you and your families go and serve together, right? So is that a form of, in your mind, of trying to be chief priest, is even trying to take the family and serve together? Absolutely. You know, a big piece of that is is helping my children learn to die to themselves mm. in order to serve others. You know, it's that Philippians... Two, um, I consider others' needs as more important than my own. And um, just to try to build them up in that, because it's so hard in the world today when everything tells them that it's about them. Yep. Right? As priests, one of my jobs is to show them, A, not only is it not about you, but really it's about King Jesus, hmm. and, and point them to Jesus over and over and over again. And one of uh, an easy way to do that. Man, take them serving. Yeah, you know, um, work at a, 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 a soup kitchen or a, a food bank, or you know, go mend a fence or paint someone's house. You've got an elderly neighbor. Um, you know, I send my son over to help her change the light bulbs. Right. Yeah. Just just those little ways to die to yourself and consider someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, I really like that. Okay. So I mean, and again, these are some very practical things 
that we can start doing that you don't have to have a PhD, you don't have to go to seminary or to wear do the this, robe or wear the robe. You don't have to buy a new wardrobe, guys, right? And you don't have to start burning incense. No. I you know, that'll take back to some weird memories from your past that you don't want to go relive. That's right. So, um, yeah, th- these are just some simple ways to do this. So I love that connection between Abraham Isaac and that teaching. That, that'll be the piece that hangs with me. Even with like you're talking about there with the movie night, you're not using your words to teach them things there. That's just them observing your behavior. And, uh, and so what, what are some of those behaviors that we are teaching? And again, it's, it's not bad to have a movie night with your right. children, yeah. right? But if you're, if you're 52 weeks straight, Probably a little laziness there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, be a little more creative. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Netflix ain't that good. No. You know? I mean, no. <laughs> Disney Plus, we're all kind of over that, right? Are we not? Like, I can only watch Walk, Ride, Rodeo so many That's times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, friend. I like to. All right, let's do this. One last thing here too, because obviously not everybody listening is a dad. Okay, so we got some empty nesters. We got some guys that are single as well. So any any thoughts for those two those two guys that are listening, the single guy or the empty nester, on how to still be chief priest? Bro, that's that's so beautiful and and so wise that you asked that man. So good, absolutely. Let's take it back to the Old Testament priest um, to be able to serve in that role of priest, a Levite. From the beginning, you had to be set apart. Hmm. Holiness and purity were your call. Let me tell you, as a single man who who aspires to be a husband or as a single man who aspires to be a dad, if you want to be set up for success, start right now setting yourself apart and practicing purity. Yeah, Get your priestly mindset ready, and you start right now with that. I like that. And then the guy, empty nester, got grandkids. I mean, I guess in many ways they're still doing this. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It may be, you maybe don't have the, uh, the, the watching eyes every day, but when you are around your family, you're still fulfilling that role. Yeah, and, and you get to do it from a different context. I mean, you're the, you're the grandparent that, I mean, you get to do it from the context of fun. Yeah. Like all the fun stuff. Yeah. Man, have fun with them. Hit them with Jesus and send them home to mom and dad. That's, that's right. Great. A little bit of sugar, and that's all it is. That's I it. love that, dude. All right. So helpful, Chris. The father as chief priest, as always, great to be with you today. Yes, sir. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Man Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about Better Man, you can go to betterman.com. That's betterman.com. This episode, like every episode, was produced and edited and mixed by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we've got for today. We'll talk to you again next time.